are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Justin Bradford, along with Matt Best, you're listening to the Locked On Predators podcast here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, you get 20% off your next order. Matt, do you have a good weekend, man? Not bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, it's getting a little cold here up in Canada, but it's not oh. to the point where you have to bust out your winter jacket yet. Like, I'm still getting away with a sweater and a toque kind of thing. But I mean, in the next little while, it's going to be full-blown winter jackets. Oh, remember, not everyone, I think most because they're hockey fans in the South, are going to know what a toque is. Oh, yeah, I forgot the <laughs> super Canadian lingo. Uh, my winter hat. Winter hat or toboggan, even. My, yeah, like my the the cotton thing you put on your head to keep you warm and put over your ears. Not a baseball cap. <laughs> what do you call uh, them? Just winter hats? Well, I use. I toque mean, in Nashville, now. you call them rare, but right. But I I use toque oftentimes because of hockey and because remember half my family lives in Canada. Yeah, so, so you I know mean, what I'm talking I'm, about. Well, I that's why I had you explain yeah. it. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but we're getting people up to date with the lingo because usually a hockey player is going to call it a toque, right? Yeah, a toque. So, That's... yeah. But, I mean, I grew up also toboggan was another one. Which I've you never think heard it called a toboggan. Really? Which is a very long word for such a small thing. Yeah, like I, I know a toboggan for me is just the thing you ride down the hill. A like you go, you go tobogganing. No, you go tobogganing. You don't or, go sledding? No, you go sledding too. Or if this you're episode's ignorant, off the rails already. Yeah, I mean, what episode <laughs> we've done isn't. Or if you're an ignorant 16-year-old, you go beer bogganing. Okay, we'll discuss that at a later time. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, the NHL officially announced that it's coming back January 13th. Training camp starting just 10 days prior to that. A little bit earlier for the other for the seven other teams that did not make the play-in round. Thinking seven, no, nine months since they had played a regular season game so uh, for long. some of those teams. It's been so long. But uh, they do have official announcements. Still waiting on official words on some of these other teams, especially in Canada, on whether they'll be able to play in Canada or not. So that's going to be very curious to see how they get developed because there's only a few weeks to go before training camp starts. Or two weeks to go before training camp yep. starts. And boom, they all of a sudden have to figure out a schedule and everything for that. And we'll touch on this so much as we continue to ramp up getting into the season. But we had a Twitter question come in from a listener about predicting division winners. And so we wanted to go ahead and address that. This is from David uh, Dragomots. Is I just call him Draggy. Draggy, Shout out okay. Dave. Dave, thanks for being a fan of the podcast. <laughs> so who are you predicting to win each of the divisions, and why are those teams your pick? So let's go ahead and start. Well, no, no, we're not going to start with the Central. We want people to keep listening, right? So we're not <laughs> going to start with the Central. We're going to start with a different one. So let's see here. Let's start with the East. Yeah, let's, let's start with the East. East. The East, I think is the most difficult one. I think the East is the most volatile one. Okay, volatile is a very good word as well. I, I think there are a <laughs> bunch of teams here minus the Sabres and the Devils where you can make a pretty strong case for them finishing top two to top three, including the Rangers. I think the Rangers yeah. have deser- deservedly so des- uh, should be in that conversation. To say who number one is, that's pretty tough. Um, I don't want to go with the chalk, which is what a lot of people are going to pick. And chalk, uh, for you betting folks, we'll touch on that later. Um, Washington is going to be the chalk, I think. Same with Boston. 
Uh, give me Philly here. I really like Philly. I think Philly's built for playoff hockey. I think Philly is also going to see a big year out of Carter Hart, a Travis Konechny. I think all these guys on that team, it's just the perfect team with the perfect chemistry. Um, you go through their lines. Their defense could be stronger. Their defense absolutely could be stronger. Provorov is their stud guy there. They have Travis Sanheim, who I'm a big fan of. And I'm just looking at the rest of the lines. If Morgan Frost makes the team, you want to expect something big from them. And their question marks aren't necessarily that they're unproven it's that how much can they contribute for a full i'm doing air quotes here season <laughs> you have joel farabee who you want something out of you have the great story with oscar lindblom i think this team has talent uh lines one through four to get them through whereas you look like it look at a team like pittsburgh they're so top heavy but what are you going to do at the bottom they're not necessarily that strong washington same thing so top heavy boston's the only team where if i really wanted to go with the favorite here i would guess boston but uh for me personally give me philly all right i think it's very fair for the way i see this i think there are six teams vying for four playoff spots yep and that's going to make it extremely volatile like you said uh I think one of the, the ones that's not going to get talked about most, but I think should, especially given the recent performances, is the, the New York Islanders. But okay. The, what Barry Trotz does with that squad as well. And who knows? This is going to be a weird year because the schedule is going to be weird. Anything can happen. And the timing is going to come to everything. It depends on when you hit a team at a certain point, whether they're dealing with injuries or COVID quarantines or whatnot, and that a lot of it's going to depend on that. So I'm going to go with, I think, an underdog pick and go with the New York Islanders. I like that, the Islanders. I really like the Islanders have that old school feeling that, you know, this team was built by Lou based on who they're trotting <laughs> out on their fourth line with Kazikas and Clutterbuck. Right. <laughs> and they execute that game plan so well under trots that the Islanders wouldn't shock me at all. If they won the whole thing, if you were to rank them one, two, three, give me Philly, give me Boston, give me Washington. <laughs> okay. Me Washington. So you say Philly, Boston, Washington, and then let's say no particular order, Philly, Boston, Washington, who's the fourth team, the final team making the playoffs out of the East? It's a dogfight between Pittsburgh and the Islanders. I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh. Okay. And so my four is going to be the Islanders, Washington, Philly, and Boston. No particular order in right. that. Those would be my four, which again, that's going to be a tough division because you're Hard going division. to have a team that should be a really good team not making the playoffs out of that division. Yep. And it's a very competitive it's- team. It's all going to come down to, I think the biggest question mark, why I didn't take the Islanders in my top four, is their goaltending. You get Show me a full season from Varley when he can have Sorokin backing him up and relieving him for about 15 to 20 games. That's the biggest question mark there. I could totally eat my words as soon as the season's <laughs> over. And, and Buffalo, I know it's every year. It's like maybe they'll surprise people this year. Nah. Maybe, maybe a weird season is surprised, but I just don't see it with that division being the way it is. No. Okay, let's, let's go to your bread and butter, the North. We the North. We the North. Because <laughs> it really is we the North. Shout out time. Raptors. Locking up OGN and OB. Let's go. You mean the, the Tampa Bay Raptors? Yeah, I mean the jersey <laughs> mock-ups that I've seen with the Miami Vice colors. So cool. What gets me is how an Amelie Arena, the Raptors banner is hanging. Because that it's is their awesome. home arena. So I know. Cool. I love really it. Cool. So the North. Okay. Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. This is an interesting division as well. Granted, there's gonna be a lot of travel to be adjusted and everything as well too. But there's a lot of teams, a lot of pressure here because it is guaranteed that a Canadian team will make the semifinal round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Awesome. Guaranteed. So the pressure is on for them to represent their country, even if they're not from Canada, even if the players Mm -hmm. aren't from Canada. But as a team itself, the pressure is on to be a team that finally 
pushes through because they're at least guaranteed to make the semifinal. They're guaranteed to be in the final four, whether it's Edmonton or Toronto or Vancouver or Calgary, um, Montreal, who knows what they could do to surprise people with some of the, the youth coming up. So. Mark. It's uh, I look at this North division and I see this division having three locks more so than any other division. It can mm-hmm. be Toronto, Vancouver, and Edmonton as your top three, not in any order. Okay. If I were to do the order, it would go, it would go Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, actually. Cool. That works as, out. It should, right? That's as, what... as it, it should work out that way. I had a buddy today message in a group chat saying that the Jets were his favorite to finish first. In whoa, the whoa. And I, re- I replied whoa. with, I, I promise you, I replied with, I will bet you any amount of money. You name it right now. Whoa. Up to anything. What like, the heck? Right? <laughs> I mean, I no. have the Jets finishing second last in that division. I could give yeah. you quick little power rankings. I, I'd go Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary just beats out Montreal, then it's Montreal, then it's Winnipeg, then it's Ottawa. Okay. And the reason I'm taking the Leafs is it's just talent alone. One, like all their lines are stacked, absolutely stacked. They have everything. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. They have the forwards. It just hasn't worked in the playoffs. But you're, if right. you're asking me who's going to win the regular season, give me the team that's built to uh, succeed in the regular season. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Vancouver Canucks, I could see them overtaking uh, Edmonton. I could also see them fighting for second. I don't think Edmonton's deep enough to take first there. But give me the Leafs as one. Give me Ottawa's number seven. Had to count that real quick. <laughs> so I'm with you with Toronto. Uh, if they've got to squeak through at least that in the regular season, and then who knows what will happen in the playoffs once they yeah. get to the semifinals. And then Vancouver and then Edmonton. And then mm, that's the tough one. It's tough, man. That's like, the I, tough I, one. I want to say Montreal because I love Carey Price. I believe in Carey Price. I think he's still a phenomenal goaltender. I look at Calgary and it's like, is Jacob Markstrom really that guy? Right. And it's, it's, we're going to see a lot of divisions where that four, five, six, there's going to be a good competition with that, yeah. with, between three and six in it's a lot of ways. Hockey. Yeah, it should be good hockey. So I'm going to go with Montreal. Okay. For that so one, no for, for the top four there. No, and, and Ottawa. Should, Ottawa, I think, could surprise, not in terms of making the playoffs, but I think they could do a little better than people give them credit for. Yep. Unlike Detroit, because Detroit's still supposed to be a bottom feeder for their rebuild, but Ottawa added a couple pieces that could make them at least a little competitive enough to where they become pesky and ruin other teams' dreams. I was going to say, it's going to be the pesky sense. That's yeah. what it's going to be. And, I mean, they get a bounce back here from Shabbat. Branstrom comes on the scene and shows them what they got. Like, this team has a very high ceiling, but is it high enough for expectations to be met in terms of will we make the playoffs? No, but, I mean, no. the ceiling you want for this team is will this prospect pan out in year one? And yeah. if you can hit those ceilings in year one, it's a win for them. Be competitive. Be competitive yeah. and give something to build on. That's don't, that's don't what it comes get, down to. Don't get your butt kicked by four goals every game. Be competitive. Right. And find a way to limit Drysaddle and, and McDavid whenever you can. Oh, I got so excited. <laughs> that's going to be some fun matchups there. I mean, there's going to be eight games. No, wait. Is it is it ten, nine games or ten games for the North against each division? Oh, nine. Right. It's nine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So nine games between Edmonton and Toronto. Nine games uh, between Edmonton and Calgary. <laughs> the one thing I, uh, I don't really want is to relive Morgan Riley getting dangled by Connor again. Uh, let's just uh, Connor's going to dangle everyone though. The guy's a magician. I like it, he's. You're a wizard, exciting. Connor. You're a wizard. He's the most exciting player to watch in the NHL. Absolutely is. Okay, let's move on to the West. 
and the West. This is interesting because between the West and the Central, there was a few like trades between teams to try mm-hmm. to even it out competition-wise. You could tell that in the meetings they were saying, hmm, yeah, but if we put Dallas here, if we put Minnesota here, or if St. Louis goes here, and that's why it's a little funky for some people because you could mm-hmm. tell the reason they put Dallas in the Central because they didn't want Dallas in the West to also be in there with Colorado and St. Louis and Vegas. Yeah. You could tell that that is one of the reasons why, because geographically, St. Louis obviously makes more sense to be in the central, but mm-hmm. they're not. But so you it want came that down excitement. to those trades. Like, you yeah, don't you do. Want that bonafide locked in. Here's your top four. See you later. Take it. Oh, no. Game. No, but I mean, Minnesota being in the central with the Predators would have been a little bit of a bright spot. <laughs> yeah. For them, but I totally see why they did this. This, the West, though, I think is going to be interesting because I do think there are some spots that are absolutely locked up mm-hmm. in this. And for me, obviously, Vegas. It's going to be near the top. Vegas and Colorado, I think, will be vying for the number one overall. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, give, me, give me Colorado. Okay. Uh, Colorado is going to be dangerous for years to come. Absolutely. Years to come. And then St. Louis. Core, cap friendly. Yeah. And then St. Louis will be in there. And then it'll be interesting now for that fourth spot. Arizona obviously has some, some talent in there. They gave Nashville a run in the play-in round. Uh, as well so what are you thinking for the middle spot there too because the california teams are obviously struggling right now man san jose healthy eric carlson does that do anything does that spark them enough i like we talked about this before and i am a believer in san jose becoming relevant again they have the pieces they have the high-end talent like eric carlson to get them back to the quote promised land unquote but you look at it do i believe in san jose more than i believe in the kings do i believe in san jose more than i believe in arizona I like Arizona more than all these teams here that we've been talking about other than St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. Give me Ve- give me Colorado, give me Vegas, give me St. Louis. Cap it off with Arizona. I'm not gutsy enough to say San Jose makes a big enough leap to be that fourth team there, but they could easily interchange with Arizona. And don't count out Los Angeles. I think LA is going to be sneaky good this year. They just need Jonathan Quick to be league average. Mm-hmm. That's all they need. They don't need anything above that. They don't need anything below that. If Quick is league average, the Kings will fight for that fourth spot. If he's go. not, he's fight. They're fighting for that last spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay, now let's let's go over to the Central, the one that everyone or most people listening to this podcast are most interested in. That's why we save it to last. Mm-hmm. But we have the Central Division, which could very much be an interesting look because you're going to have teams aside from Detroit. That, that could surprise you a little bit or be like we've already said, and I hate using this word because it's overused, but it's the right word is pesky. Yeah. Like Chicago could be a little pesky. I mean, you still have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, that even though they don't have goal, be an easy W, even though they don't have goaltending really, they're still going to be difficult to play against at times. I mean, look at playing around with would team have chip on their shoulders and have nothing to lose. A lot of times they have everything that they can win. And Chicago is that kind of team. Florida could surprise a little bit. They still have talent on the team. But obviously, I think the top three teams that I'm looking at here, Tampa Bay is obvious right there. Carolina and Dallas are the top three. And then I think you filter in where it's going to be competitive with Columbus and Nashville and potentially Florida, maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd lump Florida in there for sure. Yeah, um, so I see Nashville, because what it pertains to with, our, with Locked On Predators, I see Nashville finishing fourth, like I've been saying all along. I think the Predators make the playoffs. I think it's going to be difficult to make a run for them. It's gonna, they, they're a team that I see could finish anywhere from third to sixth. 
three to six uh, in this division, uh, depending on if they come together, depending on Pecorino and Yusasaros and their performance in the crease, uh, especially yeah. if they're able to steal some games, and that's what's going to have to be done is them stealing a few games, and they could finish as high as third. I don't see them, especially given the teams they have to play against and their history against some of these teams, that they're going to finish higher than third. If they do, that's a big surprise and obviously a pleasant one for Predators fans, but they could finish as low as six. Uh, and this is the kind of thing, too, where I truly believe – Every game fully counts so much more than it did in the past because, one, there's less games. But, two, because the way it's set up that you have to be in the top four in the division, you could easily be looking back saying, oh, gosh, if only we could have tied this one team, yep. we could have been in the playoffs. The, the three, four, five positions could come down to a matter of four to six points. Yeah. It really yeah, I could. Find, I find the Central is going to be the most competitive. Like, from top to bottom, the worst team in the Central other than Detroit is – you could make a case for them making the playoffs for sure. If Chicago retools and gets a goaltender, they're back to being competitive. I put the Predators as my fourth team for one reason and one reason only here. And it's every team has their question marks. Nashville's question marks aren't as big as these other teams in the middle of the pack. You look at Columbus, they lose a goal scoring in Josh Anderson. They bring in a guy like Max Domi. That's great. Columbus already plays that style of game when you have a guy like Nick Foligno. Will Max Domi score some goals with this Columbus team? Or will Torts tell him, hey, you got to play how Foligno plays? Just set him up. You're his way or you're a centerman. So that's a question there. Can Pierre-Luc Dubois really be that superstar that he's budding and turning into be? That's a huge question mark. Can he take that next uh, uh, step to stardom? And then the biggest one for me is the split between Corpus Allo and Elvis. Is Corpy that good? Is Elvis that good? Or are we going to see regression from them? Whereas the question marks for the Preds and Ned, it's like, yeah, you can trot both out. I'm very confident with either. And I mean, Blue Jackets fans should be confident in either one of their two goalies. And if you're playing fantasy, draft them both, handcuff them. But it's, the, it's more volatile for the Blue Jackets than it is for the Preds. So give me Tampa 1. Give me... Oh, boy. Give me <laughs> Dallas 2. Okay. Give me Carolina 3. Give me Nashville four. And then Detroit bottom. Detroit bottom. Yeah, Detroit bottom. <laughs> then Give fill me in Columbus the rest. five. Columbus or Chicago could take four, but I'm not right. too interested in it. Florida, I just, I don't, it's not that I don't care about Florida. It's that show me something. Like, give me something exciting to cheer about with this Florida Panthers. Especially team. against this, this division. Yeah, it's like going to make it tough for them. It's going to be really tough. Like Bobrovsky, again, that's the biggest question mark in the central goaltending wise, other than your Detroit Red Wings and your Chicago Blackhawks in that there. It's can Bob live up to a quarter of his contract? Can Huberdeau shoulder the load for this team? Can Owen Tippett step up and play top six minutes? Lots of question marks. Don't love it. Perfect storm. Florida makes top four easy. Absolutely. Okay, let's go and take a look at the lines now. And I need you helping me and teaching me a little bit about this. So betonline.ag is where we're getting our numbers from. Official sponsor of Locked On. And looking at this, obviously, we have division futures here. Tampa Bay up at the top, Boston at the top, Toronto at the top, and Colorado at the top of the respective divisions. But I'm seeing numbers next to these, like plus 150, plus 350. Explain a little bit because help teach a lot of people because there's people that betting's a big thing now, especially becomes became legal in Tennessee yes. and everything as well. People, there's a lot on there that talk a lot about it, but there's probably plenty more folks in there that have no idea what's going on and are curious about this and what it actually means. And if they want to put money on it, how do they do that? So Matt, I'm going to hand it over to you on this. Thank you, young man. I appreciate you very much. Okay. So the first <laughs> thing you're going to want to do when you go to betonline.ag is obviously 
just get on the website because it's a hell of a betting website. That's first thing you're absolutely going to want to do when you get on there though. The most daunting thing that every new better ever tells me about, they look at it, they go, what the hell does plus 350 mean? What does plus 450 mean? What does minus this minus that mean? There's a very easy way to fix this. If you don't want to go through the rigmarole of having to learn what all these things mean, you change your betting odds from American to decimal. And then it becomes cake. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, for instance, are 2.5 is their odds. So with 2.5, if I were to put down $10, I would win 25 bucks. It's literally just sliding the decimal place over. That is all you're doing with decimal odds. So if a team, let's say, is 30, is their decimal odds, 30.0, you put 10 bucks on them, you'll win $300. So you're looking at things like that, and it's become so much easier uh, what bet online does really well for you though, is when you go to it and let's say you're betting on a single game, I'm going to bring up football really quickly because that's what's on my home screen here. Vikings mm -hmm. versus saints the money line is 3.7. So if you were to click on that and then you were to put in your bet there, they're telling you what you're going to profit as your winnings. So if you do win that bet, obviously you get the money you put into it, but you will also get the amount that they're showing you there that you would win. So it's showing you your profits, not just like the amount you're going to win back. So if I were to put $10 on the Minnesota Vikings at 3.7 on the money line, I would win $37 if they were to come through. So those are the sort of things that you're really looking for there. But really, you wouldn't get $37 into your account. You'd get 47 because you're also getting that investment of 10 back. Right. So there's a lot going on there and it's pretty confusing. But if you're looking at the NHL futures here, like we were, we did pretty well in predicting the top three best based on the odds. Tampa Bay is the favorite in the central. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. The Bruins, they've got the Bruins, Flyers, Penguins, Caps. So we did decent there. They have your Islanders sitting on the outside there. Right. Um, for the North, we've got the Leafs at 2.75, the Oilers at 3.75. Then there's a jump to the Vancouver Canucks at six to one, the Canadians at seven to one. So they do have the Canadians edging out the flames by 0.5. So if you look at that, if you believe in the flames to get there, if you believe in the flames that they're going to win it all, that's some decent money right there for the West. They have the abs is number one, the golden Knights is two, but here's, this is the closest one out of them all. The Colorado Avalanche are 2.8 to 1. The Golden Knights are 3 to 1. It Whew. is literally a 0.2 difference. Whew. That shows how competitive that uh, division is going to be. And they go Blues, Coyotes. So out of all these teams, statistically by betting odds, the worst team in the NHL is the Detroit Red Wings. I was about to bring that up because I'm going, that's how bad they see them at 26. Meaning if you put $10 down on Detroit to win the division, 260 bucks, six, 260 bucks for 10 bucks. Isn't betting fun? That's I mean, be stupid. Honestly, That'd be a stupid if you, bet. If you make that bet, send me your $10 instead. Right. And I'll, I'll do like a cameo for you. Right. <laughs> like I'll, I'll make it worth your $10 instead of you wasting it. Uh, in terms of smart bets here, I don't want to take too much time on this. Um, I really like the Predators at 7-1. to one. I think that's an okay bet there. Um, I don't like betting on favorites in terms of picking the Bruins or any of those guys to win because there's not that much money in that if you're doing right. futures. If you're doing futures, you want to be smart with your bankroll and put a bit into it. You don't want to sink your whole bankroll and have to rebuild. Uh, give me the Flyers at 4-1 to one there. Big fan of that. Uh, give me the Blues at 5.5-1 to one too. I'm okay with that as well. There's not a lot of value to be had because the odds are so high on the the right. obvious like winner there but if you believe in a team by all means hammer that number hurricanes at four and a half honestly isn't that bad all right well great information there we'll discuss this a little bit more because i have so many more questions about yes. betting that i need to learn about but again that's betonline.ag for more information on that so 
up next, we have to do Christmas stuff, but it's not the typical, what's your favorite tradition, which we typically do in so many different ways. But I have a fun question for Max. I'm going to dive into some psychological things here (laughs) when it comes to Christmas time. So that's up next on Locked on Predators. I'm Justin Bradford. That's Matt Best. Tune in next. I might need a built bar for Christmas this year. I might need a built bar for this segment coming up on the show. Built bar is a fantastic thing that you need to ingest in your body. If you like fun flavors and you like being healthy, built bar is just a phenomenal product comes in 12 plus six. What's that equal folks? That's 18 different flavors. And I've pushed it every single week. Give me that lemon almond cheesecake. Built bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal in your life. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's the perfect thing, the perfect highs, the perfect lows. But what you need to do in order to get on board with us here at Locked On hmm, might be the promo code. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, lemon almond cheesecake. And welcome back to the Locked On Predators podcast on the Locked On Network. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, and it's the holiday season, and we know we're, tr- we're trying to fill in some time by listening to podcasts and such. A lot of you are probably off of work or done with school right now, or you're drinking wine like Matt right now. Hey, <laughs> our audio listeners don't know I'm sipping on some wine. <laughs> but this is, this is one of those things that gets brought up around this time because I believed in Santa Claus pretty late in my life. Thanks to my dad and my uncle. How late are we talking? 12 years old. Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty fine. No, that's pretty late. I was basically, I was almost a teenager when I stopped believing. What grade are you in, in, grade tw- or in uh, when you're 12? Oh, you went full Canadian. Hey there. <laughs> hey. What? Hey there, bud. <laughs> so I believe 12 would be sixth grade. I think. Around there. Yeah. Let's just say five, fifth. Holy. Okay. That is, that is. Like intermediate yeah. middle school. Yeah, okay. Okay. So the reason I'm a- I want to ask you, Matt, when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? Some really bad person. I don't want to get us canceled, so I can't hurl insults at him. Oh, Ruined boy. it for me in grade one. I'll never forget. No freaking way. Grade one. So it is a I'm- psychological question then. <laughs> grade one. Man, it. Oh. <laughs> I was not happy, but you know, I didn't tell my parents I knew until like a much later age. Um, Grade one, I remember it was one of the only days because I lived so close to the school, I'd go home for lunch. Grade one, I decide this one day in Christmas because I think it was one of those days where the cafeteria gives you a free meal. I go in, I'm like, oh, yay, hooray, I'm a little child, I love Christmas, woohoo, thanks for the free turkey, blah, blah, blah. I was a happy kid back then. Things have changed. Happy (laughs) Asians. Hey, that's us. That's the new name of the podcast. happy asian happy hour um god i go sit at this table and i'm sitting with my buddies i remember this actually pretty clear i'm sitting with my buddies and this one kid who's like the bully of the school just starts yelling santa's not real santa's not real i saw my parents do the presents for santa and i was like well that sucks that's christmas ruined for me and then like some other kids were like no 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 and i remember kids crying at this and then i remember just I remember just asking like my other friends, I was like, is Santa not real? They're like, yeah, I don't think so. And then I went home and I never said anything to my parents. Oh my god! I think gosh. it was like grade four or five when I told my parents that I knew kind of thing. And honestly, Christmases have been really fun since because it's just like from Santa, AKA your dad. I'm like, oh, right. okay, cool. That's great. 
so for me, so I'm going to backstory this and everything too, because I want people to understand the lengths that people went to, to make me keep, make me and my cousins keep believing uh, the time they took on camera tricks. And this is in the nineties. So we're using eight millimeter cameras oh boy. by pressing record, stop, record, stop, record, stop doing stop motion with an eight millimeter camera. No, no handheld little clicker like professionals had. No, eight millimeter home video camera by pressing record, stop, record, stop to the point that they had little pieces of floss or basically invisible string wrapped around multiple things like uh, the, the smoke door or the chimney door to the fireplace and rigging it to where it looked like an envelope was being, getting pulled up the chimney. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, but and you, you couldn't tell. I mean, you'd have now, nowadays with everything in HD, you could easily see the string, right? But an eight millimeter camera, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to see this. And it has the door slowly opening because they're pulling the string, and then it has the letter to Santa being sucked up the chimney. And cool. then another time, they did stop motion to where presence just started appearing because they said that they had a special sensor that they put on the camera, like an attachment to uh, when there's ever motion. And I start thinking ring cameras are all the time getting, you know, tricked this by motion. Oh, so cool. And that, oh, it, it detects motion, and so it'll automatically turn on. So the camera starts rolling, the trees on, everybody's asleep, obviously. Then all of a sudden, presents just start appearing on the screen and getting stacked. And then all of a sudden, this letter, that's sc- a scroll, appears on it with a letter from Santa written in crayon. <laughs> and then rolls up and disappears. <laughs> My, I'm like... Uh, my mouth is literally just wide open yeah. right now. This camera awesome. camera tricks in the nineties too. And at, at home, there was another time delivering toys and they attached strings that matched the color of the carpet. Cause our carpet was burgundy at our old house and uh, pulling fire trucks around and making them all line up and everything. And all these different, like a toy ambulance that makes noise and all these different things and having the nutcracker move a stop motion. Yeah. So it's stuff that for a kid, especially nowadays with the access to the internet, kids can debunk things so much quicker and, oh, and more easily. Right. So keep that in mind, folks. What I'm saying this is the nineties when we didn't have access to Google to research products like this or things like this and YouTube to see how things can get debunked. So you're just, mystified by all this stuff so all this is going on and i'm like fighting it in school too dude like I, friends are like no man, dude it doesn't exist and i even brought the video to class and my teacher agreed to play it. this is like third grade i think third or fourth grade teacher agreed to play it and you can see the kid's face is like wait maybe he's right are my parents wrong <laughs> that's awesome that's what me and the teacher's even like oh that's pretty good then finally how it got ruined for me we're coming home from Panama City Beach, which is the Redneck Riviera, for those that, for you that might not understand that. Yeah, Matt, I was about to say, what is that? That's where all Southerners go to, to vacation is the panhandle of Florida, because okay. it's the quickest drive. And I basically just was thinking things. I just asked, I was like, so Santa Claus real? My parent, my dad went, no. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> you asked. I figured I'd tell you the truth. There was, was no like dad, like the one behind all these fun yes. things too. So apparently they got tired of it. <laughs> but, they were probably like, son, you're old enough. Nah, he's he's not real. But it just no. Like what like I like started crying because like that's how you decide to tell your son so that this good. thing that you made him believe in, that you made him believe in, it wasn't just a thing like, oh, that's from Santa. It was you went to extra lengths to make him believe, that's and all of a sudden so you're like good. no. <laughs> so wait when like what time of the year did you ask this this was summertime 
Okay, at least it was like, like November. Right, when I was just thinking, you know, you're starting to get a little bit older, you start thinking for yourself, right? Yeah. And now, <laughs> no. That's amazing. And it, then I started oh, I, thinking I need back. to shake your father's hand. That yeah, is yeah I'm sure you do. But what was funny <laughs> is afterwards, he started showing me how they did all the tricks. That's cool. And started explaining things. Like when I was two years old, we were living in Michigan, and my mom is holding the camcorder. My dad's dressed as Santa, and they acted like that they caught Santa on camera. And he's That's tucking cool. me in, giving me a little kiss on the cheek and everything and placing presents. And Santa's saying, I think that's it. Uh, I think that's it. And he repeats it so many times because my mom wouldn't turn off the damn camera. <laughs> he's trying to tell her to stop <laughs> recording. I think that's it. <laughs> that's so now when I go back and think about it, like, how did I pick up on that? How did I not realize <laughs> he was talking to my mom? Frustrated. They weren't able to edit it. They weren't in a newsroom yeah. in the 80s <laughs> to edit these things at home. Man, that's so cool, <laughs> though, that you have that memory. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if and when you have a mini Justin kicking around, like, I feel like you're going to do the same thing. Oh, for sure. Especially because I'm yeah. a night owl. I can stay up late and do that crap. <laughs> and because we're in the 2020s now and you can, there's so, much so more. many cool things you can Shoot, do. Shoot, if I have to hire somebody, I'll hire somebody to, to edit yeah. things. Yeah. Shoot, I'll hire yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll rig it up. There we go. <laughs> but I figured that'd be a psychological topic instead of doing the whole, this is our favorite thing here too. It's like, when was yeah. the world ruined for us? <laughs> That's good. I mean, you, you even told me before the podcast, you're like, I'm going to ask you a question. I was like, what? It's like, I don't know what you're going to ask me. Like my favorite yeah, dude. food, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So did your parents ever bring it up to you in a way that, that questioned you about it? Or did you just say, hey, by the way, I don't believe anymore? No, I think it was one year that my parents and I kind of had this agreement and I think it was like grade five actually where I just looked at them they looked at me on Christmas morning when I was wrapping presents and then it was a it was a present from Santa and I just looked at my mom and dad I was like thanks and they're like you know I was like yeah I know and I think okay. that was it so I kind of okay. like ruined it for myself and I mean still every year I do get presents from Santa sure but it was more like like you said it was, a, it was an understanding yeah it wasn't where it's like you're coming of age real no <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little coming of age of like, ah, oh, this is this is where I'm growing up now instead of a no. That's so good though. It's the most blunt answer, and it's yeah. Beautiful. While we're all stuck in a van with like six total to say, people too, and you're crying, and I'm crying. Van. I'm the only kid where it's you're my probably, mom and dad. Crier. Um, it depends. If it's something that's really sad, then yes, I'm an ugly crier. Back then, yeah. I don't think I was. I wept. Now yeah. I weep. I'm a crier, dude. I weep. There's certain, especially pandemic. There's little commercials or things like that when Publix or certain grocery stores or things like that remind you of you know time with family and everything or grandparents. I'm like, they do this every year. Why are they gonna be so good at storytelling? And uh, I was talking to Nick, part of the junior hockey program that you and I know, and we were doing a podcast today actually. And towards the end of the podcast, it got kind of serious. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up before things get too emotional here. And then we took some time after the podcast. I was like, dude, I was about to cry. Like that was some like, yeah. intense talks that we were about to dive into. Then we talked about it after, but I mean, it's healthy to cry. People who say it's like, it's not manly to cry. Nah, give yourself a weep, shake your head, go for it. Yeah. It's, it's okay to talk about your emotions and it's better to get it out instead of pent it up where you have to take aggression yeah. out in other ways. And if your friends make fun of you, then maybe they're find not, some new friends. Yeah, they're, they're not your friends. Yeah. Anyways, so speaking of friends, um, there's this Mandalorian guy <laughs> that has a little friend. And so we're going to talk about that up next, the season finale of The Mandalorian and what's next for the Star Wars universe. So if you have not seen it yet and do not wish to be spoiled, 
you know, we'll, we'll introduce a little bit and say what you're missing and why you need to watch it really quick. So tune in next as we're going to discuss The Mandalorian here on the Lockdown Predators podcast, Lockdown Network. I'm Justin Bradford. That's Matt Best. Keep tuning in. One thing you should tune into, though, is our brand new sponsorship, the Locked On sponsorship with Bet Online. What you need to do, folks, is head over to betonline.ag. And what you're going to do there is you're going to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. I know ad reads, usually you save that till the very end, but I'm telling you right now, this is the most important part 50%. On your, on your first deposit is a huge deal. So if you deposit $100, they're going to give you 50 bucks. Like these are the things you should be looking at. When someone offers you free money to play with and gamble with, you take that money and you don't look back. So what you need to do there, they have a ton of fun stuff for you to bet on. NFL, MLB, NHL, the NHL season's coming up. Hit those future bets that we were talking about earlier. This is the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust, betonline.ag. You want that free account. There is no sign-up fee whatsoever. So if you just want to odd shop, head there, betonline.ag, make your account and cruise around. If you have any questions, hit me up at Best of Matt on Twitter. I'll make sure to help you get into this crazy universe of sports gambling but trust me it is a lot of fun if you are responsible please be responsible with your gambling there that's betonline.ag use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit i don't know how many more times i can say this it's free money folks get that 50 percent let me know what you want to bet on i'll teach you i'll do anything to help you out here l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n betonline.ag head there now Welcome back to the Lockdown Predators podcast, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And hey, don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Lockdown NHL. Every Monday, Lockdown Kings host Sarah Avampedo interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives in the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcast. So, the Mandalorian season so finale. So good. This season... I think trumped season number one because of the way that it wrapped up and ended and what we saw in it. So again, folks, if you have not seen the Mandalorian and you do not wish to get spoiled, now is the time to tune out for now. But before you tune out, (laughs) the only time we'll tell you to tune out. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Make sure you subscribe. So you, you know, when the next podcast is coming, whether it's on Apple music or Google or Spotify, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button and then go ahead and turn it off now. <laughs> Give us a download. Give us a download yeah. so you can come back and listen to yeah. what we're talking about yeah. as well. Spoilers ahead. I cannot stress this enough. Spoilers ahead for The Mandalorian. And here we go. So the big thing for me this season was the teases we got that obviously leading to spinoffs, but these teases leading to spinoffs weren't just for the sake of leading the spinoffs. They were actually part of the story and helped Mando on his adventure and on his quest to reunite Grogu with the Jedi. And it all came to fruition when we saw freaking Luke Skywalker show up and go absolutely ape on some dark troopers. (laughs) Okay. So that final episode gave me goosebumps from start to finish. First off, the bad chicks. I can't say the word I want to say after that, but you know what I want to say. They are flying through an A, wicked female representation. B, unbelievable fight scenes. They're just cruising through this ship and killing everyone. It's awesome. Then in comes Luke Skywalker, and he's just going nuts. As soon as the green lightsaber came out, I was like, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. And usually I hate CGI. Not a big fan of it. Like in terms of CGI characters. Right. Not a big fan of it if they're trying to make like young Mark Hamill. 
this wasn't bad. I mean, I think it's way maybe better because I had the blinders on from how cool that fight scene was, <laughs> but like that wasn't bad at all. And uh, I almost had grown man tears at the end there. Oh man. It was, what was, what was so great about it too, was you could sense who was coming, especially when you see the X-Wing show up and it's just by itself. Yeah. And it's like, this is a Jedi that obviously heard Grogu's call and is sensing him and where he's at and sensing that he needs help. And then the green lightsaber and it's, you see the black, the, the, the black that he's wearing from Return of the Jedi. And then all of a sudden he reveals his face. I'm like, oh my God. But, but we're also seeing the true power of a Jedi, just like with Ahsoka. And that's what we do with Luke. You know, Din had problems with the dark trooper, right? When he struggled. Yeah. Luke Skywalker comes in and is like, I got this. Showing and just the just is squeezing everyone. Yes. And it shows the true power and the mysticalness of a, a true Jedi as well and how powerful they really are. That it needs to be mystical. We didn't see that as much. I don't want to get on a different role of hating on the prequels, but we didn't mm-hmm. see that kind of power be there. This showed yeah. the power of a Jedi and the strength they're supposed to have over someone that's normal. Even a really well-trained warrior and bounty hunter like Din Djarin still does not match up to to a jedi like that when he struggled against a dark trooper and luke comes in and just like okay how many sure he's like you there you crunch you you and the another big thing for me too is how much emotional connection they showed and how much has grown between grogu and din that (sighs) din takes off his mask his helmet and allows grogu to touch his face Mm -hmm. those little moments right there too show the character development that Star Wars fans desperately crave and need and what John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done such a wonderful job of doing is developing these characters to where they have different character arcs. So and good. that's what I love about this series is that we've only had 16 episodes. We've had some amazing, incredible arcs already mm-hmm. with this and so many different characters as well. They had a great supporting cast has done, but Din Djarin's character arc and what he's allowed to do in the connection to understand, yes, he has a connection, but yes, he also wants Grogu to go to where he could be successful and hopefully yeah. be trained in the right, right way that he needs to be and to allow him to touch his face and to see him just speaks so, so many volumes to me that they wrapped it up the way they did. And yeah. also teasing a little bit too a future conflict with the, the, the dark saber and Bo-Katan <laughs> as well and what's going to happen there i mean there's so many again and i know i've told you matt of things that people need to watch which is clone wars and rebels that are going to make people appreciate these little scenes that much more that i really cannot stress enough for folks to start those series if you haven't already especially you have a year now until the next mando comes out start those animated series yeah you have tons of time there's more time at home than usual now still so spend some time watching those series you can you can blast through them and i say quickly because there's like five seasons six seasons of rebels and seven i think of clone wars and clone wars i don't say is an easy watch it's a lot of uh, galactic politics involved but it's explains so much and dives deeper into the story and the lore and Mm -hmm. gives so much plot development and character development that you crave so i know i've rattled on a lot here but i want to get all that out yeah no i was that was a good deep dive into (laughs) it um so one of my best friends is watching the mandalorian for the first time ever like, and he just started, I think two days ago and him and I have been hanging out on discord from time to time. And I'll be like, Oh, share your screen so I can watch the episode with you while I do work. And it was the episode where you meet Cara Dune for the first time and Mando's in the village. And the one lady in the village goes, when was the last time you've seen, or someone has seen your face like without your helmet on. And he said not much, or it wasn't much longer when I was around their age and he was pointing at the children. And I was like, 
wow. Because then I'm thinking about like the whole Baby Yoda, Grogu touching his face thing. Like that is just, oh man. And I remember when I was watching the finale, I had actual Grogu like sitting with me there. I was like, this is so cool. Um, I selfishly did not want Mando to give up Grogu. <laughs> Understandable. Like, I know it was the right thing, but I haven't loved a character in any TV show as much as I like Grogu in so long. Like, I get attached to TV characters <laughs> not that frequently. Like, I love Michael Scott from The Office. I love Jim. I love all those people from The Office. Uh, I love Big Mouth. I love the characters from Big Mouth. And if they were to, like, kill one away or send one away, it'd be sad. Man, there was something about Grogu where I was like, this is, like, giving me Ice Age backgrounds when I didn't want them to give the kid back an Ice Age. You're not the only one. Look at all the money he's made for them. Uh, they'd be so foolish to not, like, I bought one of these things. Right. And like anyone who's ever, and for our audio listeners, I'm holding like a, what, a foot tall Grogu yep. stuffy thing. And, and shaking it. It's uh, shaking him violently. And like his little hands. Like, oh my goodness. It's just the nicest thing ever. Oh my goodness. And like even yeah. to the point where my girlfriend for Christmas this year, as part of one of my Christmas gifts, got me a Grogu Funko Pop, got me Grogu artwork. Like there are so many cool little Grogu things. Yeah, I have six Grogu Funko Pops. Yes, I have. The, she got me the one with him holding the little cup. Okay, there's the one for everything, cup. which is just crazy to me. I refused to buy the egg one because it was too expensive. <laughs> I was like, I'm not spending twenty five dollars where he's eating the eggs. He's going after the eggs from the frog lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, one that, of that one actually made my stomach a little uneasy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because the giant spiders in the episode too, right? And um, eating. But th- we know the arc is not done yet. There's going to be back because that's the money maker, and mm-hmm. plus there's going to be more Mando coming next december and then let's get to the end credits Pedro because Pascal, before we i i stayed up to make sure to watch it when it premiered you told at, me to watch the end credits too you dm'd yes. me and told me yes so i stayed up to watch because one i didn't want to get it spoiled i knew this is the type of thing that potentially could have spoilers when i wake up and scroll and that's the big thing that I, if do don't scroll things for pe- for people especially this type of thing where it's a series people have to watch it in their own time and when they're able to get to it so please folks don't post spoilers. If you know there's people you can talk to about, DM them and yeah. talk to them like that and have conversations, but don't post it publicly or reply. And one person, I know it's, uh, he's like, oh no, I didn't even mean to spoil it because he was so excited. He was so excited to talk about it and everything. He's like, hey man, it's a, it's a minor spoiler. You might want to, you know, hey, be careful. He's like, the jazz, oh man, so. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like, it's okay. P- people get excited. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of what you're tweeting out and when talking to people and everything too. But the end credits, which I'm so glad because I always watch the end credits for this because I love the score. Um, I love the score. The score and the, uh, the concept art. Yes, and the concept oh, art. And oh, one, you're paying, you're giving tribute to the people that did the, put the hard work in yep. to, to make these shows happen. So I love watching the end credits for movies and for shows like that especially too. And then all of a sudden it flashes to Tatooine and Hut's Palace. I'm like, what is going on here? And then Boba Fett basically goes, this is mine now <laughs> get out yeah so and we it's have like, uh, it's so like kick butt take names kind of thing yeah goes through everyone who's like by the way mine now get out yeah like, oh, so it's the book of this. boba fett which was confirmed that is going to be a separate series coming out december 2021 so we're supposed to have two series so mandalorian and book of boba fett going on at the same time in disney plus which will be epic as well but the thing that i i want to say that i love the most but one of the things that excites me a lot is Ming-Na Wen as Fennec, mm-hmm. especially because she was amazing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's Mulan 
I mean, I, I, so I didn't know that until about a week ago, by the way. Yeah. So she has since the nineties, the early nineties has played a huge role in terms of multiple Disney things. So has been in Marvel has been a Disney princess and is now in the star Wars universe as a major role and a character player that they brought her back. I love the character she plays because she plays such a strong, strong woman. Uh, mm-hmm. in those and it's so cool like and she, take nothing and, and she just she kicks go. ass i mean there's yeah. for like there's she kicks ass so i'm excited for the book of boba fett to you know fully explain everything that's gone on with him since then uh but really good good, good for them and be able to put this together i love these spinoff series because they're all loosely connected to the skywalker saga but it explores so much more in depth of the different character storylines that we mm-hmm. want more of. And TV shows are the way to bring us more. Not everything has to be a movie. And right. that's what they've discovered with streaming services with this is you can d- do deeper dives and you can still have a movie like budget because people want it, but you can dive deep into character development with TV series and not everything has to be an hour. We've seen it with Mando has been a 28 minute episode, a 46 minute episode, a 35 minute episode. Do what feels right. And don't feel like you have to be put into a box to tell the story. That's what I've loved about this and, too, that they're taking those types of liberties. You know how much better it is for character development too? I mean, like, I feel like we should rename this podcast to the character development podcast because we love it so much. Um, <laughs> but you look at the Porgs, for instance, uh, they got a movie, right? Right. Like you look at Baby Yoda, he got a series. Do you think I would own this Baby Yoda stuffy thing <laughs> if it wasn't for 16 episodes of little Grogu. I mean, I do have a Porg. When uh, my best friend and I went to Disney World, we bought a Porg near Galaxy's Edge or whatever it's called. Oh, and man. it was the Porgs that you can put like on your shoulder. Because yep. we saw a six-year-old with one. I looked at him and was like, we want it. So we circled back, went, and we just had, we were grown 26-year-old men with uh, Porgs on our shoulders walking around Disney World. And You're now to this right. day, my Porg sits on the front of my truck in the dash and just like looks at whoever gets in and I don't care who sees it because it's super cute. I mean, if I could shove this guy in the dash without making me distracted, I, oh my I do gosh. Too, but he stays, he stays in studio. Goodness. Well, folks, we need to wrap it up, but next time on the Lockdown Predators podcast, we're going to get to more questions that came in on our mailbag. I know Daniel Simpkins had a question just about how good this natural predators team be in the playoffs. Are they built to be a good playoff team? What could they surprise? in the playoffs as well. So we're going to address that on the next episode of Lockdown Predators podcast. So Matt, thanks again, as always, for joining me. Hey, anytime, buddy. This is a blast. Absolutely. Make sure you follow us, Lockdown Predators, on Twitter and on Facebook as well. I'm at Justin B. Bradford, and he is best of Matt on Twitter. Interact with us. Follow us. Like us. Interact with all of our things that we do and the stupid things that we say. Call us out if you need to especially those of you in you know some other provinces that we wouldn't expect to be listening to <laughs> let this it podcast. go let it go i, <laughs> I just thought uh, it, to me it was funny more than anything I, else it's just hilarious I, that I, that's why i bring it up it uh, was freaking hilarious so i'm like ridiculous what that's I mean, reach cool. yeah hey, it's cool international baby oh yeah baby all right folks <laughs> thanks for tuning in to locked on Predators podcast here on the locked on network